0: We hope you are enjoying the old-time radio programs on the RadioThen.network podcast. You will find many biographies and audio clips from the past on our blog. www.radiothen.network Check it out and bookmark the blog which also indexes our podcasts. www.radiothen.network
1: In just a moment, recollections at 30.
0: But first, Monitor takes you everywhere and brings you everything interesting, from news and on-the-spot interviews to offbeat features around the world. And Monitor also brings you the finest drama with original stories and Hollywood's top stars each week on Monitor World Theater. Watch the weekend's big sports event. You can be sure of top coverage by NBC Radio, in addition to all the latest scores and interesting commentary throughout the day on Monitor Sports highlights. Some of the brightest personalities, most interesting features are yours each weekend on Monitor. Now stay tuned for Recollections at 30 on NBC. Recollections at 30. NBC, celebrating its 30th year of broadcasting... Invites you to memorable moments of radio's earlier days. In this special series of broadcasts, you'll reminisce among NBC's vast and historic library of sound. You'll hear the stars, the songs, the great moments in sports and special events that have highlighted these 30 years of NBC network broadcasting. And here, guiding our recollections at 30, is Ed Hurlihy. Thank you, Fred Collins, and good evening, everybody. You know, it's great fun for somebody like myself to spend the week playing the old shows from our library of sound here at NBC. There are many different kinds of enjoyment attached to this activity, one of them being the recognition of the fact that times have changed. For example, I suppose many of you remember with great fondness the old Truth of Consequences show, presided over by Ralph Edwards. I used to be his announcer back in 1941 and 42. It was one of the first of the audience participation shows, and the greatest, and on it all sorts of stunts were tried. But I'll bet few of you can remember, or even believe, the cash totals of the prizes. Well, let's listen to one contestant and see how much he wins. This is from a 1940 program.
1: Here is Mr. Marisich of Weehawken, New Jersey, and what is your occupation? I'm an apprentice printer Prentice? in
2: the Dalton business.
1: I see. Is that sort of a printer's devil affair there or not?
2: Well, we do lobby displays.
1: I see. That's yeah. far enough. Go <laughs> away uh, All right. Uh, this question was sent in by Mrs. Esther D. Pelham of Worcester, Massachusetts. What American sport draws the largest attendance annually? Truth or consequences? I believe baseball does. Awfully sorry. That's wrong. You haven't told the truth. The answer is basketball. That, that draws the largest attendance annually. Softball is second. Baseball is third. You haven't told the truth, so you must pay the consequences, uh, Mr. Marisich from Weehawken, New Jersey. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Can you imagine anything more impossible than standing up here in front of a radio audience of some 15 million people and making love to a seal? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's what I say, too. Well, I tell you what, we're going to get a, a sheet down here, and we want you to lie down on this clean sheet right here on the floor. Now, if I have, may have the roving microphone, we'll go over here. And you lie down. We want you to pretend you're a seal. You're Mr. Seal calling to his mate. All right. Well, that you can muster, bark like a seal. Put your feet up there, your head down here, sir. That's it. Uh, on your back, you better better get over on your side, I think. That's it. All right. Now, you're on the floor, just like a, a real-life seal. Now, I want you to, to call your mate. Just flap your fins and Bark! <laughs> Ah ah. It up. ah! 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 Yes. ah, ah. Well, how do you know? Here comes a real live seal on the stage. Here is a real live seal. Mr. Mr. Maricich, you look completely abashed. <laughs> You didn't think we'd do it, did you? Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Well, your call was so realistic, you've actually enticed a real live, honest-to-goodness seal onto the stage. His keeper is here with him. Uh, He's quite a seal. His uh, brother is playing over in a show here on Broadway, but uh, he's a real live seal. You can tell he's got a lot of water all over him. Now, you're going to have to serenade this. Wait a minute here. That's Sarah, the seal. You're going to have to serenade the seal. You called her. Now, you have to sing to her. Now, let's hear you bark in your best... Seal baritone voice, the song, Let Me Call You, Sweetheart. Now, (laughs) now, Mr. Marisich, I want you to make it romantic. Look into her limpid eyes. (laughs) And don't be (laughs) (laughs) alarmed... Don't be alarmed if Sarah the Seal... Uh, joins in with you on a couple of those high notes. All right, now serenade to a seal. There are the words. Passionately, stand up for this and and sing to Sarah the seal. Let me call you sweetheart. Right? Ah, let me call you
3: sweetheart. love you. Lord. Let me hear you whisper that you love me too. The love light glowing in your eyes, so true (laughs) Oh, let me call you sweetheart I'm in love with you
1: there any better sports in this good old USA than you, Uh, Mr. Marisich, I want to meet them. Here is your fin, five (laughs) dollars. Mrs. Robert Beardsley of Redwood, New York, gets ten dollars for the consequence. There you are, the Edward Seal of Approval,
0: five dollars to the contestant and ten dollars to the person who sent in the question. Yes, sir, in those days they played for fun. Nowadays, nobody would make love to a seal on a coast-to-coast hookup for anything less than a Oh, maybe a ranch house, a new automobile, and a pension for life. Yes, sir, times have changed. And with the change in times, many of the old performers have gone, too. Bob Burns, for instance. Remember when he used to have a regular spot on the old Bing Crosby show? Remember the talk about his relatives and his aunts and his uncles? Remember that old homemade bazooka, that lovely musical instrument he used to play? And remember with what wonderful good humor Bing used to work with him? Well, let's turn back the clock and listen to Bob Burns and Bing on the Bing Crosby Show.
2: Very, very stylish piece of portcullis lifting, James. Robin, tell me, how were the Loch Levins and the Dolly Vardens, how were they biting up in the High Sierras?
4: Bing, I've got a confession to make to you. What's this? I didn't go near the High Sierras on my vacation. Are I... you kidding? No, I spent every bit of my time up in the state of Washington. Well, I think you uh, did better at that, probably. Yes, sir. That's where you came from, you know. That's my stamping ground. I know that. That's the reason I went. and that's see any re- of my friends? Over that's there? the reason I got a confession. I, you know, for the past two years, you've been standing around here laughing at my kinfolks. Mm, yeah. And I just went up there to... to... <laughs> I think That's I'll go back and get a drink. No, of water. I went up there to see some of your kin folks, and I saw them, and boy, I want to tell you, you've got some dillies. <laughs> You'll find me, Bob, if I. No, no, you stay here, Bing. Don't you run away now, because. Stay here and take it, huh? Yeah, stay here and take it. Yeah. I want to tell you something about your folks. You haven't seen them lately. The first one I called on when I got up there was your Uncle Moe Krovni. <laughs> he. I got out to his house. I got out to his house at dinner time, and all the grown folks is in the dining room eating. So I went in the parlor where the children were waiting in there for the second table and uh, to wait till the old folks got through. And I noticed that, that the parlor was just plumb full of pigs. And, uh, and I asked your, your cousin, Lillis, I, I asked him, I said, what are all them pigs doing in the parlor? And he says, well... We try to raise these pigs upright and mannerly and says, Mama always runs them out of the dining room so they can't see Papa eating. <laughs> but we could, hear, we could hear the grown folks in the dining room kind of chomping on the food. And, uh, but I noticed every once in a while there was a whistle. There'd be a... And then a kind of a scrambling sound and after a while a... And another scrambling sound. And I asked your cousin, Lillis, what the whistling was about. And he says, well, he says, Papa used to eat up all the biscuits. Said he'd cram them in his mouth uh, without chewing on them, and nobody else would get any. So we had to make a rule here that you have to chew the biscuit up and swallow it and have your mouth empty enough so you can whistle before you reach for <laughs> I want to tell you, Bing, that I want to tell you that, that the way I figure it, your kinfolks are just about four times as funny as mine. Now, you always laugh when when I mention my Aunt Boo. How about your own Aunt Boo-boo-boo-boo? That's the one... You know her. I want to tell you, that's the one that, that you told me was an artist. You said that every time she saw a beautiful piece of landscape or beautiful work of nature, her face was light up. But Bing Crosby, you did tell me that the reason her face lit up so easy is because she's lantern jawed. (laughs) I want to tell you, Bing, I want to tell you, you ain't been fair about this thing at all. I'll say one thing, in all fairness to your family, they do all wear shoes. That's a fact. Nice, high, yellow button (laughs) one. And I said, I said to your cousin, Dillard, I said, where did you get the idea of the button shoes? And he says, well, we, you know, us boys, we all try to dress like, like Cousin Big. They, they tell us he's the best-dressed man in Hollywood. And uh, one of them says he is sure, boy, he's just as hot as a bandit's pistol. That's what your folks, that's what your folks think of you. They say you're sharp as a tack up there. But I asked him where he got the idea for his button shoes, and he says, well, says Cousin Bing never would write us and tell us whether he wore lace shoes or button ones. But one night we heard him sing, one, two, button my shoe, and we caught on. (laughs) But tonight I am going to dedicate my number to that beautiful Puget Sound country. It's the prettiest country I ever saw in my life. I'm going to play The Land of the Sky, Blue Water, if I can remember. Go ahead, Jimmy. (laughs)
2: Well, that was really fine. I think I know what inspired it. I believe after spending your life around those muddy rivulets that aggravate the Arkansas hills, you came suddenly upon beautiful, crystalline, azure-like Puget Sound. And the urge welled up within you to play something fine. Is that right? That's right, Bing. I couldn't say it that way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that takes me back to the days when I was just a nipper. Way back in 1930. Doesn't sound like so long ago, but... That was the year a few daring women were just beginning to paint their fingernail. Commander Richard Evelyn Byrd spent New Year's Day at the South Pole in 1930. The University of Southern California put in a profitable afternoon that same day, defeating Pittsburgh in the Rose Bowl. Philadelphia won the World Series from St. Louis, and every singer who had access to a microphone was broadcasting something like this. Do you remember?
5: Time on my hands You in my arms, nothing but love in view. Then if you fall, once and for all, I'll see my dreams come true. Bear for someone you care for, one love affair for two. Oh, I've got time on my hands, and you in my arms. to spare for someone you care for one love affair
0: Bing Crosby was singing in May of 1937 and to move back a few months to August of 1936 you'll remember that a superb athlete, Jesse Owens by name had just made himself unforgettable in the 1936 Olympic Games in Berlin. The Olympic team returned on the Queen Mary and the evening before it arrived in New York Douglas Williams from the ship interviewed Jesse Owens for NBC Here is that interview I have standing here with me
3: in the ship's broadcasting room, a great American athlete who has done marvelous things for his team and his country in the Berlin Olympics, just completed. I want you to meet Jesse Owens, the twenty-year-old track wonder whose performances during the Olympics made the front page in every paper in the world. He's going back now to his wife in Cleveland to finish his last year at Ohio State University. Born on a farm, he's worked his way through college there, unaided, and as he tells me, still every job one could think of. However, you've heard enough from me now. And I'm going to ask Jesse Ernst himself to come and talk to you. Hello, America and the people of the United States. I'm very glad to be back home. I had a wonderful trip going over and I had a wonderful time while my doing my stay in Europe. And my trip, well, trip back home under Queen Mary has been one of the most marvelous things that has ever happened to me. And now I want to say to my dear wife, Holly, and I hope she'll be in New York tomorrow. How will it feel like to see her in New York again? It'll be fine to see old New York, but it'll be much better to see Cleveland and Columbus. And my wife, of course. Uh, thanks very much, Mr. William. I wish I could paint for you the picture we have here this evening of this great ship flying through a fog, which looks to me like pea soup outside. You can't see a hand before your face. On the bridge, there's the Commodore Edgar Britton and all his officers peering through the fog, listening for fog horns, and yet trying to force this great ship at a speed which is Constant with safety, so that we can reach Ambrose in time to make the record. It's a, re- it's a thrilling drama of a battle between the captain of the ship and the frog, and I hope that when Jesse arrives in the morning, you'll give him a great reception and give him credit for all the wonderful successes he won in Berlin.
0: Well, New York did give a big welcome to Jesse Owens. The world's fastest human was met by one of the largest delegations ever to go down the bay to greet a returning celebrity. And incidentally, on that voyage to New York, the Queen Mary set a new speed record for a westbound Atlantic crossing, a record held previously by the Normandy. You know, I spoke a little while ago of the various kinds of pleasure I get doing this show. Once in a while, for example, I come across a record which the years have made even more precious than it was when it was cut. Exhibit A, a show called Professional Parade, broadcast on December 16th, 1936. On it, the DiMarco sisters, one of their first appearances, made so long ago that there were only three of them then, and they were very, very young.
6: you got to give a little, take a little, and let your poor heart...
0: kind of item we couldn't get specific requests for because our listeners wouldn't suspect that we even had such a recording here at NBC in our library of sound. But thanks to you, we do get requests, many of them. For example, after hearing Rudy Valley last week, one of our listeners recalled that Tom Howard and George Shelton were regulars on the old Valley Hour and asked to hear them once again. So here they are from the Rudy Valley show of July 4th, 1935, Howard and Shelton.
7: No. Then I'll just bet you $10 I can make you say, oh, no, I haven't. Now, wait a minute, George. You're going to make me say something that I don't want to Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Oh, you're going to make me say what? Oh, no, I haven't. Go ahead. Well, how much do you right? bet? I'll bet you $10. All right, put the money up there. Go it's ahead. mine, right You don't to bet me. Ta- you're going to make ahead. me say, uh, go ahead. Oh, go no, ahead. I haven't. Yeah, go ahead, i Now, pay attention. Now. I'm listening, yeah. Are you walking down the street? Yeah, oh, well, go There's ahead. There's an automobile coming along at about a 40 mile cliff. Well. And it hits an old lady and a young man and knocks them to the sidewalk. Yeah. Now, you happen to be there. Which one would you pick up first? That old lady or that young man? Why, certainly the old lady. Of course. Oh, Tom, you've heard this story before. Oh no, I haven't. Wait a minute, George! Wait a minute! There's a cat! There's a cat! (laughs) There's no cat at all! You Wait, George! George. Does Rudy know? I don't think he does. Get him down down here! Hey, Rudy! Oh, Rudy! Uh, yes, got another idea here, Rudy, George. I- I'm gonna I'm going to bet you you can't pick up the old lady. Oh, what? what? Uh, no, hey. No, no. He means that he's going to make you say, oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, I'm going to make you say, oh, no, I haven't. Rudy. Let me get this straight. Now. Yeah. You're going to make me say... Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, I'm going to bet you $10, Rudy. Okay, here's my thing. You All mean right. it was your ten? All, All right, right. We let George hold that, the yeah, thing. It, we it, don't it. mind. Oh, All right, Tom, now go ahead and make me. You ready, Rudy? Right. Well, uh, here it is, Rudy. Down the street, an old lady is running 40 miles an hour, and she knocks over an automobile. Oh, oh wait, a, wait a minute, a, right, Tom. Wait, wait a, a minute. No, that's wrong. The young man knocks down the old lady. What is he talking <laughs> about? Tom, what? an automobile comes along and knocks down an old lady and a young man. I got it, I got it. An automobile comes along, Rudy, and knocks down an old lady and a young man. Now, you're standing on the corner. Which one would you pick up? The old lady or the young man? Why, Tom, I'd pick up the old lady. Your fans will love you for that, Rudy. Well, but just a minute, Rudy. You've heard this story before. You bet your life I have. Say, wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute.
0: That was by request. Meanwhile, I want to remind all of you that we do appreciate hearing from you. And if there is any performer that you are particularly anxious to hear on this series, you can mail a card to me, Ed Hurleyhe, care of NBC, 30 Rockefeller Plaza, New York City. That's Ed Herlihy, care of NBC, 30 Rockefeller Plaza, New York City. Pleasant dreams to all of you, and I'll be back next week with more remembrances and recollections at 30. And meanwhile, make your request to me, care of NBC, 30 Rockefeller Plaza, New York. Oh, incidentally, maybe you haven't learned how to spell my name. Groucho Marx brings you the best of Groucho tonight on NBC Radio. Mm-hmm.